You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hi, Meadow. This is Christine. I've been teaching yoga for two years, and most of my offerings are done virtually online. And I would like to reach out to some of my students to find out more about why they take my classes, what their real pain points are, what they're struggling with in life, so I can really come up with great content for them. But I'm struggling with the execution of actually setting up these kinds of um, interviews with my past students. I'm not quite sure how to reach out to them in terms of what I should include in my reach out and what are the most effective questions I could be asking them. So I would love to get some insights from you on how to best reach out to past students so we can design offerings that are specifically targeted towards their needs. Thank you so much. This is such a great question, Christine. I'm so glad that you are thinking about reaching out to your current and former students and interviewing them and digging into what they really need and what they really want so that you can create things that meet them where they are. Talking about your work in a way that's succinct, is accurate, and is compelling is one of the most challenging responsibilities of being in business for yourself. We think and care so much about about our own work that we often struggle to put ourselves in the mindset of our students and our potential students. So when we're asked about our work or when we're creating new programs, we often overshare, we put too much into them, we use vague language that isn't super meaningful to the people in front of us. And unless you already have a degree in marketing or communication, you probably were never trained in how to talk about your work in a way that's really effective at helping people understand what you do and also inspire them to work with you. So for anyone else listening, if you struggle with talking about your work, first know that this is totally normal. I don't know of any 200-hour teacher trainings that cover this, And even a 300-hour training or a yoga therapy training won't necessarily train you on how to talk about your work and how to interview your students and your former students to help you both learn how to talk about your work and also create the right offerings for them. So this idea of interviewing people, this is something that you would learn in school if you went to school for marketing or communications. Because every culture and every industry has different assumptions and uses different language. And that's important. Even when you're a member of the culture of the people you're trying to work with, you have a different perspective when you are the expert, when you're the business owner, even when you're the marketer. You have to understand your topic from a different level than the people that you're trying to communicate with. So the way around this or the way through this is to interview or survey people that you're trying to communicate with in order to get familiar with their language, their mindset, and their goals. This is a simple strategy, 
but it's not an easy one, as Christine's question makes clear. How do you reach out to people? What do you say? What kind of questions do you ask? In addition to having these one-on-one interviews, you can also send out more general surveys. The benefit of doing a survey is that you can gather more information because it's less effort on the part of the people that you're asking questions. However, you also do tend to end up with more surface level responses. So I like to do a combination of surveys and one-to-one conversations. And you can even use the surveys to help generate ideas for the things you might want to ask in the deeper one-to-one conversations. Let's talk about surveys first. Christine, I know you didn't ask specifically about surveys, but this still might be useful and interesting to you. Make sure that any survey you send out is really easy for the person filling it out. So stick to about five questions and make that first question really easy. Maybe a multiple choice question or a one word answer. For the rest of the questions, still try to create questions that are specific and clear enough that they're not going to take a ton of work or extrapolation for the person filling it out, that what you're asking them is going to be very relevant to them and something that they've thought about before. If you aren't sure whether or not your questions are clear, show your survey to somebody else who doesn't know a lot about yoga and see if the questions are clear to them. When you send out a survey, you will often get more responses if you can offer some kind of incentive, whether it's something that you offer to everyone who fills out the survey or just a chance to win something bigger, an incentive that is related to the topic you're asking about so that you don't get people filling out the form for the incentive who don't actually have any interest in the topic or in your work. Some things that have worked for me are a free consultation that would be a chance to win a free consultation or a private session. Or I have given discounts to a workshop or an online course to everybody who filled out the survey. In general, some things that you'll want to learn about both for a survey and for an in-depth conversation is what do these people really care about? What's important in their lives? What are they struggling with? Specifically, what are they struggling with that you and your work or yoga in general could help them with? What are their goals and their aspirations? Again, specifically goals and aspirations that could be supported by yoga. And what perceptions do they currently have about yoga, have about their lives and the world in general where yoga might play a role or your your work might make an impact? Now, I know these are pretty broad and general topics. So your work is to make them specific to you and specific to the perspective that you take as a teacher. And I will give some more examples of how to get more specific a little bit later. Now, Christine, you asked specifically about these one-to-one conversations. And again, I'm so glad that you are wanting to do this and are thinking about doing this because when I suggest this to a lot of yoga teachers, they feel hesitant, they feel shy, they feel afraid to bother their current students or their past students. But I want to really dispel that fear here because in general, most yoga teachers deliver so much more value in every class they teach 
than what the students are expecting. Most students are very aware of this and they're very grateful. So a lot of times, maybe even most of the time, they are eager for the opportunity to repay some of the support that the teacher has offered them. Also, depending on the topic of your work, it can even be helpful and validating for the student just to share their experience with someone who cares and understands. You're not taking on the role of therapist, of course. However, a lot of the value that people get from doing therapy is just being able to share their experience with somebody who is listening and validating. The difference here is you're not taking on a therapeutic role. You're not promising any results. You're not expecting any results. But that doesn't mean that your students aren't still going to benefit from the experience. When you show up to these conversations in a way that's curious, open, and caring, you don't have to offer anything specific in return in order for the conversation to be mutually beneficial. And this holds true whether the people you're interviewing are current students, past students, or even potential future students. However, depending on your prior relationship with the person, that may be really obvious to them, or it may be useful if you don't have much of a relationship to start with, it may be useful to be more specific about that, meaning that you can frame the conversation in a way that highlights the benefits to them and makes it clear that you intend for it to be useful for them. You can do this by offering to answer their questions or offer them a few tips on whatever topic you have asked them to talk about. Either way, I would keep the request as simple as possible. Here's an example of how you might ask somebody who you do have a strong prior relationship with. You could say something like, I've really enjoyed having you in my class. I'm working on learning how to talk about and share my offerings with more people. And I'd really love to find more people like you and learn how to attract more people like you to my class. That's super simple, super flattering, and also true. Now, if you're asking somebody that you don't have much of a relationship with, you could say something more like, I'm working on learning how to communicate better about my classes. I'd really love your perspective, and I'd be happy to share a few tips with you or answer any questions in exchange. So again, you are appealing to them as by valuing who they are as a person and the insight that they might be able to share. And then also in this case, you're just framing it in a way that acknowledges that it can be a back and forth that you can both benefit. Okay, so once you have asked a few people to have these conversations with you and they agree, what do you do next? First, you want to decide if you're going to do this on Zoom or in person. And I recommend Zoom in general. It's just easier for people to fit into their schedule if they don't have it to go anywhere. Unless you are talking to your current students that you're teaching in person and you could set aside some time just right after class where you're both already in the same space. What I did for my conversations, which were on Zoom, is I set up a scheduling software I use Acuity, but any free scheduling software should work for this. And it's even better if it integrates directly with Zoom. I was able to 
email a link to my students and my email list. And anyone who wanted to say yes, I wasn't even asking people directly. I was just asking a whole group of people. And I said, if you want to do this, if you want to participate, click this link, choose a time. Then they would automatically be emailed the Zoom link and also reminders about the meeting. So that worked really well. At the beginning of the session, it's helpful to set some parameters and take charge as the leader of the conversation. It's not really very common, but occasionally a student with poor boundaries will kind of hijack the conversation and even turn it into a bit of a private session without your consent. So I think it's better to set expectations clearly from the get-go. And it's easier to do that than to have to backpedal and try to rein somebody in who's not being sensitive to your boundaries. You could do this by saying, thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me. I have several questions that I'd really love to get your take on. So I would love it if you would help me stay on topic so that we have enough time to reserve at the end to address your questions or dive into anything that came up that wasn't part of my plan. If you're planning to do more than just a handful of these conversations, you probably want to set some boundaries around time too, because they can definitely expand into however much time you have. If you book them back to back, then you will have a solid hard end time that you'll hold yourself accountable to as well. Or you can just let them know in the beginning while you're setting expectations. I really have to end this conversation at X time. So I'll give you a five minute warning and we'll use that last five minutes just to wrap up. Now it's entirely up to you whether or not holding boundaries around time is important to you. It really depends. Do you have very limited time to do this or are you somebody who has a lot more flexibility in your schedule? Don't jump out of the gate with really strong boundaries around time just because I told you to set boundaries around time. Recognize that this is really going to be an individual experience about whether it's more valuable to let things meander and see where they go or whether for you it's better to try to guide things more efficiently. Once you have started the conversation, set parameters and expectations, here are some more specific ideas for the type of questions that you can ask. I like to start with a couple of warm-up questions. So things that are not even related to the topic at all. I love talking to people about where they live because I have conversations with people from all over the world. If you're having conversations with people who live where you are, you could ask them about their weekend. You could ask them about their family. Just anything that's very easy for them to answer. Once they seem seem more warmed up and comfortable, then ask specific questions about the work you do. Let's say, for example, that your focus is stress or stress relief. You can ask them, what are your stress levels like right now? So this is sort of a warm-up into the topic. Then ask for examples. How does stress show up in your daily life? Tell me what that looked like today or yesterday. What have you tried in the past to help you with stress? What worked and what didn't really work? How would your life be different if you had better tools for managing stress? How would that impact your day-to-day life? How do you think your 
morning would have been different or your sleep last night would have been different with better tools to manage stress. And here's a fun one. If you could wave a magic wand and change anything in your life, what would you change? And then finally, when your time is running short, you can wrap up the questions by offering support. You could say something like, thank you so much for being so open with me. Is there any way that I could support you right now? Or do you have any questions for me now? At that point, there's several ways the conversation might go. They could just thank you and say that you've already helped them. They could ask you about working with you more deeply. They could ask you something specific. So with this and really throughout the entire conversation, there's a balance between trying to stay with your plan and also be really open to the moment and follow the threads as they come, follow the energy where it goes. What I mean by that is sometimes you'll ask a question and you'll get kind of a bland response. But sometimes you'll ask a question and either tears will come to their eyes or they'll start getting really passionate. And when you can see they're very engaged, that's when you know you're on the right track. And instead of just continuing to move on to your next questions, you can actually keep asking for more examples and keep going deeper into the places where there does seem to be a lot of energy and emotional resonance. So I've offered some advice. I've offered specific examples of the types of questions that you can ask. And feel free to deviate in any way. Feel free to experiment, to try things out, and to find your own way into this project. There isn't one right way to do it. There are many possible right ways. And what you want to find is the way that works for you. An example of this is, do you want to take notes? Do you want to record the session with their permission and listen to it again after or even have the interview transcribed so that you can scan through and read it? That's really up to you. I personally took notes because taking notes helps me stay focused, but I know other people who really don't like to be distracted by taking notes while they're talking and want to stay focused on the person. Once you have a few of these conversations under your belt, what do you do with that information? Well, first of all, you may not need to do anything with it, at least not right away. Our brains are these miraculous computers that are constantly integrating and synthesizing information below the level of conscious awareness. So putting yourself in the space of listening to these people that you're trying to help that you want to work with will influence your ability to talk about your work and will just spontaneously give you ideas for the types of programs that might support them. However, if you do have a specific program or service that you're working on and you're creating marketing materials, you can go back to the notes you took, you can go back to the transcriptions and find phrases, words, and ideas that seem really clear and really compelling. And you can use those words and ideas in your marketing materials. This is actually what most people who are great at marketing either do deliberately or intuitively. So please don't feel like that's cheating or unethical. In fact, the concepts, the words, and the phrases that are going to be most useful are the ones that you hear repeated again and again. So you're not taking one person's worldview. 
you are looking for patterns and amalgamating those patterns. And that's yours. That's your creativity. Okay, I hope that was useful. It was maybe a bit more in-depth than you were expecting. It was definitely more in-depth than I was expecting. But this is such a useful project for anyone who wants to learn how to talk about their work more clearly and who wants some structure for helping them figure out which of their many creative ideas to really put effort and focus into. Christine, thank you again for asking such a valuable question that I know a lot of other yoga teachers listening have the same question and are going to benefit from the answer. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, you can go to teachingyoga.net and look for the record a question button that should be on the side of the page. As always, thank you so much for listening and thank you for caring enough to teach yoga.